What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops, and it is March 1st, everybody. March 1st, we've made it. I know Steve's hyped for this. College Hoops right here. We're in fucking go mode for the NBA. College Hoops is about to start for real this time around. Yes. March Madness coming up. No Jake today, but me and Steve are going to hold down the fort. Some are saying Jake Jake's missing tonight's podcast because it's Celtics Cavs and he's a little nervous. <laughs> but Steve, Steve, get let me let me just get raw thoughts from you, Steve, on it being March first and us right. having an episode of Happy Hour Hoops tonight. I mean, Dunny, it's the best time of the year for basketball fans. Dunny, come here for all the visual. <laughs> I got the. I don't have hobbies. I watch college basketball. John Rothstein, shout out him, T-shirt on. All right, yep. it is March first, and it's the perfect time of the year for all basketball fans. College professional does not matter. You know me. Dunny, it doesn't matter who's dribbling an orange ball and trying to put in another orange round object. I'll watch it. I love it. <laughs> the NBA, you said, is just getting into full-on race for the playoffs, race for Wemby mode, and I can't be more excited. We're post the All-Star break, post-deadline, so you know it's really getting into the meat and potatoes of the races. And it's college basketball season. March 1st, we have three more conference tournaments starting up today. I think that's now seven conference tournaments starting two weeks this is the craziest year in college basketball because there's only a couple teams that are pretty good, and then the rest, this is an absolute shit show. We don't even really know. The bubble pitcher's as bad as it's been before, which means it's going to be even better. Dunny, I can't wait to talk hoops for this next month with you guys. It's going to be incredible. NBA has been bonkers this past yeah. week, but not just the news, but some of these single game performances we've seen in some of these regular season games we see. We were talking about this before we started the pod, but the the Kings-Clippers game was one of the greatest basketball games I've watched in my entire life, and I've watched a yeah. lot of basketball games, so that just was kind of just thrown in last Friday, like, oh yeah, here's a late night basketball game. They're both going to score over 170. I mean basketball season is at the peak right now it couldn't be any better and i'm so excited because what better to start off march 1st with a little happy hour hoops right a little yeah. happy hour hoops i wasn't here last week i miss talking with you guys we get to talk not only nba maybe i throw in a little college in there too and I know Jake's not here, but we got to we got to touch on the Cavs Celtics. We got because yep. that that could be a preview of what could possibly be an Eastern Conference Finals. Both teams treading in that direction. Yeah, man, it's 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 just the, the best time of year. You nailed it, dude. Like this, if you're a real basketball fan, you like both college, you like both NBA. Start of March, it's kind of um, your little priming for college basketball. You get to watch the tournament games mm -hmm. or the conference tournament games. And then it kind of eases you into the real tournament when the real tournament starts. March Madness actually becomes madness. And then, like you said, deadlines over for the NBA. Playoff pictures are being set in stone. It's amazing. So, you know, we'll we'll touch on it. We'll get into right into the news and notes here. Steve mentioned that incredible game from the Kings and Clippers we saw. We got a whole bunch more of news and notes to come over. We got the Wemby rankings today. So, Every other week here on Happy Hour Hoops, we're doing our power rankings. And then the following week, we're going to do our Wembenyana rankings. So it's a little funner to talk about these bottom tier teams in the league. We got Kevin Durant's first game as a son tonight. We're going to touch on our opinions on that. 
And then, like Steve said, we'll wrap up with the Cavs-Celtics preview. But, you know, Steve mentioned it. There's been some incredible individual performances lately. Probably none better than Dame Lillard recently on Sunday night. 71 points, 13 three-pointers made. Dame, Dame has solidified himself in that elite group of four guys who have hit the, you know, over 70 mark. And I mean, what I don't know what else Dame has to do. I believe it was Stephen A. the other day said, I don't know how you could look at the league and the different point guards around the NBA and take anyone over Dame Lillard other than Steph Curry. And I tend to agree with him. Um, I'm right there with you. I was actually going to say probably of the last, what, 15 years, if we're just talking like true point guards, you could honestly say technically in our lifetime watching basketball, you can make the argument after Steph, it's Dame. For, for point guards that have been just so dominant, just so impactful in the NBA. And Damian Lillard, I mean, he doesn't have the postseason success that a lot of these other names do that people will talk about as some of the best players we've watched in terms of guard play. But it's because he stayed loyal to his team, Donnie. It, it's because he stayed yeah. loyal to Portland. He stayed there. And I, you saw what Dame said. He's like, the haters better watch a better hope that I don't win with this team. The haters better yeah. hope that I, that I don't win in Portland because then they'll have nothing else to say. And he's absolutely right. Because if you just look at pure dominance of a player on the court, Damian Lillard as right up there with Steph Curry, he's right up there. What he was doing. And I know first off, I will agree. I know it was against Houston. I know Houston is five lawn chairs for defense and they've been there all year <laughs> long. And I love Houston. I love the players, but they don't play defense. They haven't played defense all year. So I get it. But what Damian Lillard was doing, not only was it a 71-point game, I think it was the most like efficient 71-point game. He had the least amount of free throws of anyone who scored 70-plus in a game. And he hit 13 threes, which was one shy of the NBA record from Klay Thompson. I mean, Damian Lillard did everything – and anything he could do in that game. And the one thing that the box score will never show you, the one thing that the stats will never show you, Dunny, is the type of shots. You have to watch Damian Lillard to really appreciate the type of looks he makes. He was getting doubled the entire second half, and he was still putting in from anywhere on the court. He was pulling up from the low. He was pulling up from practically half court on a few of his threes and draining them. This is not someone It's like, why are you shooting that shot? Dame can shoot that shot, and he should be guarded at that shot. We look back, and I know this isn't in a game situation, but you look at the three-point contest he won this year. He hit all of, I think, all four shots he took from the deep deep money ball range. He hit them all because that's the type of range he has. And we talk about how Steph changed the game where you got a guard out there. He like extended the floor and defenders can't just sit in the paint anymore. You have to guard on the arc. Dame has done that. And even then somewhere, I think Dame is probably the best deep range shooter ever in terms of how consistent he can be from the deep threes. Steph, probably the greatest shooter of all time, not debating that. But if you want to talk about those heat check type deep range looks, it's Dame Lillard. Like the one and, in the All-Star game. It was, he was hitting those type of shots in a real game. Like he he was yes. pu- pulling up like as soon as he passed half court. And it, he just makes it look like there, even when there is a defender or two defenders, like mm-hmm. you mentioned in this game that Houston was throwing at him all game. When, what, by the time he's releasing the ball, his face is so stone cold and he gets his release off as if no one's there. And it's not like he is this 6'11", 7-foot Kevin Durant who just shoots over everybody. He has to elevate and, you know, get 
off the ground enough to be able to shoot over these guys. You know, he's, you know, Dame is not this freak of nature, huge athlete. He's right. on the smaller side, but just tough as nails. And he just simply can't be stopped. Like his will is stronger than anything else in his game. And it's, it's truly incredible, man. It's just incredible what he's done. And I don't know if you saw his post-game interview in the Rockets game, Dave's like, we had a lot of guys out. He's like, I had to carry a bigger load than, you know, usual. He's like, I wasn't just, you know, trying to be a ball hog and shooting. He's like, I just knew I had to carry a big load. And he did. And that's what yeah. Dame has been doing. I think he's averaging close to almost 40 points a game in the month of February, which is absurd to even hear that. He's probably going to end the year probably leading the NBA in scoring. If he can catch, I think it's just Luka and Embiid. I mean, and Portland, the only reason Portland's even has a chance, an outside chance, right, to even, like, do something is because of Damian Lillard. So, yeah, it's just a classic Dame game. And, of course, he has to do it, you know, super late at night on a Sunday. <laughs> Not many people are watching the most Dame way ever where, you know, a lot of fans just kind of woke up and, like, looking at their phone like, wait, what? Damian yeah. Lillard scored 71. And the last thing I will say on this, Tony, I've got a good friend, loves to bet on the NBA. He bets on the NBA every single night. He takes overs 99.99% of the time. He saw the Damian no. Lillard point prop was 37 and a half. And he's like, that's too much. He's like, I'm going to take an under. He had it in the first half with 39. So we were clouding him the whole time. We're like, Dave's told you just hold his dick on that oh one. Imagine that. God, you take bro. it under 37 and a half and you lose it by the before halftime. That is the, <laughs> but that's Dave Lillard right there. That, that is, is the Dave. definition of Dave Lillard. When he's hot, there's no one who can score in, in the ways he can. That's why you don't doubt Dame Lillard. I actually Never. learned that. I learned that All Star Weekend as well because <laughs> although I still bet a little bit on Dame to win the <laughs> three point contest, I bet I bet a unit size on Tatum and then only sprinkled Dame, and I had to sit there and just watch Dame throw it back in my face. And he's like, "This is just <laughs> why you just take me straight out." And I was like, "Honestly." Makes sense, but yeah, that's <laughs> tough. You never, never want to get bet against no. Dame Lillard, especially an under. That's never. He'll make you pay for that. He was but like, yeah, it's, man, it's too high. I was like, doesn't matter. It's Dame. Yeah, <laughs> there's no line that's too high. They're Apparently setting not. at thirty-seven and a half for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dame's out of control, man. I, I would love to see him in a different situation, or at least for the mm. the Trailblazers to figure it out. But at the same time, you have the utmost respect to him, just loyalty over everything he wants to get it done in portland like he said uh you know numerous times he said it recently but we'll, we'll see man dame at the very least is going to give us games like this and and a show to watch it's cool too because he said you know pretty much coming into the season i want to say like a month or two before the season started that he's never felt better physically because he had that whole abdomen issue going on mm -hmm. he finally got that figured out and Apparently he was right. Like I, I kind of just figured it was, oh, a, you know, a point guard in his thirties saying that he's never felt better. Like, how many times have we heard that before? Right. But I mean, you, you kind of got to believe him when it's Dame Lillard saying that stuff. So yeah. hopefully, 
hopefully he gives us some more of these performances uh, down the road. And, you know, maybe I would love to see this Portland team make a, make the play-in tournament and see what kind of noise they could make. I would love to make. see that, too. I mean, and they're, I mean, they're, situation. Right, they're right there. They're a half game yeah. back right now for the play-in. And what, like you touched on, Donny, like it's one thing to say that, right? Say, oh, I'm I'm playing the best of half. He is playing the best in his career right now at 30, oh, yeah. 33 years old. I think he's going to average a career high in points per game this year. He's playing the best. He's doing everything thing for this team and he's basically willing them to try to get them into the playing game so gotta love it yeah i know we're both huge dame fans so we are absolutely yeah. thrilled to see that and i'm right with you dunny i would love to see portland in the plan even if they don't win just to see dame in a playoff game again it's been too long yeah i mean if you think about it man the the, the teams that are right around them the lakers are a game behind them or a half game behind them They're the pelicans the Pelicans are half game in front of them with all sorts of injuries and the Utah jazz are a full game in front of them who I don't think I would, I would, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think the Utah jazz want to be winning many more games this season. Yeah. They've but, been in that weird in between spot. Yeah. All year long. I think they, they got too they got too much of a taste of the good life when they started the season, like six yeah. and all or whatever it was. And they were sitting top of the Western conference, but yeah, so we're holding out hope for Portland and Dame Lillard. But, yeah, unbelievable. Had to be mentioned here. Unfortunately, the next piece of news is not so great. LeBron James could be out for multiple yeah. weeks or at least being reassessed in, in two weeks' time is is uh, the report we got from Shams. He, he hurt his right ankle, I believe, in that crazy comeback they had against the Dallas Mavericks um, this past weekend. And now LeBron's down in this – I mean, this could be the season for the Los Angeles Lakers. We we found out a few hours ago that Anthony Davis is also missing a must-win game tonight, it seems, against the Thunder. So they're not going to have AD or LeBron against, you know, a Thunder team that's 13th in the West, but they play everyone hard. They have a bunch of scores. Um, I mean, what, what was your initial reaction seeing this about Bron? I know me, you, and Jake texted. Obviously, it just it just sucks. Like, you know – you, you kind of can love the chaos around a LeBron team. You know, I, I was kind of enjoying them to be in this in this hole that they put themselves in. And then they kind of finally turned it around at the deadline. And I was like, almost excited to, like, see what this yeah. new new revamped Lakers team could do. But here we are now. LeBron miss, missing at least two weeks. Davis out again. Lost last night. Where are you at with the Lakers? Well, it's kind of funny because I, I know I missed last week's uh, episode, but I was telling you guys that for the uh, this or that, I, I went with Lakers over Warriors, and that's hard to do with which team, you know, I would, you know, bet my life on to get to the uh, the play-in. And I said Lakers over Warriors because we looked at this team after the deadline, Dunning, and I loved the way they kind of built it. I felt for the first time in a while since LeBron has been in the Lakers, they built a decent team around him, right? D'Angelo Russell, good at Beasley, a great shooter that helps LeBron a lot. You get Mo Bamba, who can actually be a big man who can shoot a little bit on the outside off the bench. Like Anthony Davis was in the lineup, and that's that's something that's never a guarantee with Anthony yeah. Davis. And we're like, this is kind of maybe brighter days ahead for the Lakers. Maybe they finally kind of found a team that might work, and LeBron's been playing so well this year. And then you have this, and it's unfortunate, but – 
and I hate saying this because I love Anthony Davis as a player, but I don't think Anthony Davis has the durability to carry this team on a night-to-night basis. I don't no. think he can do it at this point. He's just not going to hold up with his injuries. And not having LeBron, it makes it feel like you look at the Lakers' stretch coming up. It's not the easiest stretch in the world. I know they're playing the Thunder today, but it gets a little, little bit tougher very quickly. And I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see this uh, Lakers team – being a threat to the playoffs if LeBron's going to be out for more than what two three weeks it's we're coming up quick the end of the season is getting here faster than I think a lot of people believe I mean we're the Lakers have played what 62 games they only got 20 left you can't afford to have LeBron miss nearly like a third to half of those you just can't and this is just saying he could be out multiple weeks What's he going to be like when he does come back? Is he going to be able to play every single remaining game? Or is he going to have to sit out a little bit? Or is yeah, he they're be just reassessing in two weeks. It's not even exactly. it's not even guaranteed he comes back in two weeks. So Exactly. So that's the biggest thing for me, Dunny. It's not like there's a set date where it's like, okay, LeBron's going to return here and he's going to play the rest of the season. We don't know. And Anthony Davis is always a question mark. Like you said, he's not even playing tonight. So it's obviously devastating news for Lakers fans. I think it's kind of sad news for the NBA fans because I really do think the Lakers kind of built a uh, a decent team around LeBron from the deadline. We're maybe not the best team in the world, but a team that actually would help him, you know, help his strengths and maybe make the Lakers a kind of a fun team in the playoff playing playoffs. But right yeah. now, Donnie, the way the West is, the way how competitive it's been, it's hard for me to say the Lakers are going to be in the playoffs by the end of the year. Yeah, and – it's funny. Shaq said on the TNT broadcast last night that if uh, if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, he'll on their on their last show of the Inside the NBA show, he'll wear what Dylan Brooks wore to the arena last night. Oh, no. Which, if you guys listening or watching didn't see Dylan Brooks dressed up as Stone Cold Steve Austin, no no T shirt under the under the leather vest and jean shorts and Shaq said he would wear that on set if the Lakers missed the playoffs. So I guess if there's one silver lining if the Lakers may not win the play make the playoffs, you can uh you can see Shaq dressed as Stone Cold. But yeah, it doesn't look good for the Lakers. And something I thought of too when I was just thinking of how you know LeBron's hurt now, A D can't stay healthy. And they did make the trade and where I think they got better getting rid of Westbrook and bringing in guys like Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley. I can't help but think if AD were to stay healthy, I almost think, and I don't think that either of them, you know, could make a a push in the playoffs without LeBron or really even do it on their own per se. But I do think that there would be a better chance of them fighting for their playoff lives. If it was Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis opposed to D'Angelo Russell and company and, you know, maybe Anthony Davis. And that's yeah. that's just my thinking. I think Russ is, has been there. He's kind of willed lesser teams in the past. Mm-hmm. I just don't see D'Lo being that guy if LeBron is going to miss more than the two weeks. Yeah, I don't see it either. D'Lo's shown flashes of being that guy, but he's also been super inconsistent. And I think the main reason probably you say that, Donnie, is – and this is why we didn't think the Lakers were really going to work out the past couple of years, is LeBron and Russell Westbrook, yes, they're completely different players. They play a very, very similar style. 
a yeah. very, very similar style where the offense runs through them. They always want to take the ball up. They're always looking to attack. If they're open, they'll settle for the shot. But they're always looking for to attack. But when they're attacking, they're looking to set up their teammates. It's yep. out. I'm going to drive to the lane and try to kick it out to someone who's wide open, try to make the pass here. I know there's a lot of hate on Westbrook, and I get it. I know he misses shots here and there. I know we're both big Westbrook fans here, Doug. Yeah. But the, he, you can't argue. Whether you hate him or love him, you can't argue that Westbrook and LeBron don't play very similar styles. So I, I completely understand that. Russell's just a completely different style. So maybe it'll work. But my thing is I think there's just going to be too much relying on the Lakers, kind of what we saw similar this year with Anthony Davis being the focal point of the offense. And I just don't know if he'll hold up because I would love to say that they can give Anthony Davis 25, maybe 30 attempts a game. And he's going to have these ridiculous, you know, MVP type numbers where he's have averaging high thirties, 15 rebounds. But I don't hmm. know if it, he can do that for a long period of time. So it's, it's a tough situation to be in for the Lakers. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. It's, it just seems like if if Davis is asked to kind of put the team on his back like that, it, it just I can't imagine a world where where it bodes well for the Lakers. Yeah. But again, you know, only time will tell. It's 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 going to be you know a, even as exciting as it's going to be for other teams to watch down the stretch here. Like the Lakers are just. They've been a question mark all season long, and it seems like it's going to finish that way too because I have no idea what to expect. Like you said, what's Braun going to look like? How AD is going to hold up? Can Darvin Ham coach his way into the plan? Who knows? Like It's it's just so many question marks, so many moving parts. We'll see. We'll see here for the Lakers, but it will, it will be interesting. And then, you know, if, if it doesn't happen, what will the offseason look like for them? Right. But that uh, that's TBD. Some more – Bad news, I would say. Lamelo Ball is going to miss the rest of the season. Which, I mean, what a what a shit show of a season it's already been for the Charlotte Hornets. And then, you know, Lamelo Ball, he'll miss the remainder of the season per Shams with a fractured right ankle. I mean, obviously, smart move. I I don't know if he would have been able to even get back on this type of injury be before. Yeah, right. So they just you know they shut down Lamelo Ball. And we'll talk about the Hornets a little later when we yeah. get to the, the Wemby rankings. but Which, uh, if you want to say silver lining for the Hornets, right? Yeah. Maybe, you know, if you get Wemby, maybe that increases the chance LaMelo stays with the Hornets and they can build right. something with Wemby and LaMelo because that would be really fun to watch. I know bad guy, bad guy alert, but Miles Bridges, they said he might play mm-hmm. at some point this year. Maybe he's part of it next year. And I will say, I'm going to bring this up because I brought this up. I think before the deadline, we were talking about our rookie rankings, Tony, before the deadline. And I said that Mark Williams is someone that could be a sleeper in the second half. He's going to get a lot of minutes. He's the big man after the trade. Since I said that, Mark Williams, in the four games he's played, not only has he averaged a triple or averaged a double double, he's averaging around 14 points per game and about 13 rebounds. Mark Williams with two blocks a game. Mark Williams has been actually very, very good. I think he could be a nice piece for this team next year. So you look, and I know the Hornets have been a complete mess, complete shit show. I know Oubre got hurt this year too. Hayward's been knocked down. It's been it's been a shit show. And LaMelo getting hurt is devastating because he's been playing really well lately. But if you just can look, Hornets fans, next year and just picture, hey, maybe LaMelo comes back. 
You win the Wemby sweepstakes. You got Mark Williams. So now you got two great, great players down low. And hopefully bad guy Miles Bridges stays out of trouble. That team looks a lot better than it does this year, right? So yeah, it's it's a tough situation. Obviously, no one wants to ever have an injury. But if there was a time for LaMelo to get hurt or to have an injury like that, it's, you know, it, if it's going to be when your team's already out of it and the number one prospect, who's probably a prospect of a generation, is gives you a better chance to get him, you know, that's a little bit of silver lining there. Yeah, no, that was that's my exact thinking too. Like this this season was already as big of an L as any team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like just between the injuries, the stuff with Miles Bridges and even, you know, a few other guys on the team, Book Knight having his issues over the summer with the mm-hmm. law. Like it just from from the beginning, this was a nightmare season for the for the Hornets. Lamelo wasn't even healthy to start, obviously not healthy now. And then, yeah, you you kind of touched on all those other guys. And then whether they want to keep Terry Rozier or not, like that could yeah. be if they are going rebuild mode, they could trade him. I think he's still two years under contract. They have uh, he's making twenty one million a year. So if they don't want that, they can shut out Terry, which I know people were calling them at the trade deadline. They definitely have some options. Obviously, it sucks. Lamelo is uh, an electrifying player. People like to watch him play, but probably for the best at this at this point. Obviously, not the injury, but that he he misses the remainder of the season. Right. Yeah, and I think it would just be smart to shut him down. You do not want to rush him back, and God forbid, it have it be a worse injury, right? You, you, yeah. That's the last thing you would want. So, especially with his injury history right. and his young NBA career, just kind of. And then obviously what his brother's going through, but that's a that's a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of guys being shut down, apparently the Nets considering down shut considering shutting down Ben Simmons. Really? Um, this is, I mean, it's again talk about an L season. I don't know what the Nets were thinking at the deadline. I I was someone who didn't really co-sign any of their moves other than other than them acquiring Mikel Bridges who. You know, me and you, another guy, we're both, you know, it, uh, for sure on the same page, love Mikel Bridges. But that doesn't mean what they did at the deadline, I think, was the correct move. Mm-hmm. And here they are now with a bunch of rotation guys who can kind of play. And then, you know, this one star that they acquired, Ben Simmons, is just dead weight on the team. Um, seems to be injured again, trying to manage some knee pain. And the Nats are just considering him considering shutting him down for the entire season. It's just, it's a mess. The Nets, I think, have lost three straight. They're slowly falling out of the playoffs into the play-in for the East, which is not good for the Nets. And it's just, they tried. They tried twice to do these big three things, blew up in their face, and now they got to pay for it. It's not really the Nets' fault with Ben Simmons. I mean, this guy just no. he's not checked in the basketball. He's not. And we've given him too many chances. It's just, hey, if you don't like basketball, you don't like basketball. But stop yeah. stealing Brooklyn's money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? If you don't like basketball, that's one thing. Stop taking their money. <laughs> it's kind of funny how, how much a year can change things, too, because it was almost like a little taboo, and I feel like I've I kind of haven't really shied away from it, but mm-hmm. it's it was almost like a little taboo to be on Simmons the last couple of years with 
the you know the mental health stuff and you know whatever right. if if he has stuff going on that's that's one thing but like you said like if basketball isn't for you fine but you kind of have to lean one way or the other you kind of it's kind of got to be you're all the way in or you're all the way out and i think the nets are realizing that and they're like yo if you're not going to be out for us we'll just shut you down because at this point you're not you know bringing anything to the table you have jock vaughn in uh pressers after games basically in the nicest way possible trying to say it's almost impossible to use this guy um Mm -hmm. and then you know you bring in all these other guys that have to also try to mesh with ben simmons it's probably easier if you just shut him down and don't let him get in the way of mikhail bridges and cam johnson who can do a lot of things that ben can do and then also have a much better offensive game um but yeah, it's just it's such a weird thing for the Nets because, yes, g- good move in the right direction in my opinion, shutting down Ben Simmons and then kind of just figuring that out next season. But also kind of a net negative because you have limited guys you're able to put out on the floor now after trading KD and Kyrie, and it's not going well. Like you mentioned, they've lost three straight. Cam Thomas has seemed to have lost his fire that he had. He's right just not getting the, the volume, right? He's yeah. The, he's coming off the bench now because it makes sense. You get Dinwiddie, yeah. you get Finney Smith. They've played starter minutes all year long. They're going to continue to get that. So Cam yep. Thomas just isn't in his rhythm anymore. And it's like you want to develop your young guys, but you're being super inconsistent. And it's just a weird spot to be in. Honestly, outside of Mikel Bridges, who's been playing pretty good for the Nets, it's been kind of a disappointment for mm-hmm. – uh, everyone else claxton is the exception he's been good all year for him but yeah i feel like even he, he's like been quiet lately he has but, lately I mean, it's probably just the same thing trying to piece all these guys together mm-hmm. trying to make things work and again that's why they're shutting down ben simmons because it's hard to make new guys mesh together in the middle of a yeah. season especially if you have a guy who's so on the fence about playing all the time is known for not being a great leader and communicator with his other teammates. Like, I mean, this is just Ben Simmons and in, in every situation, every year of his career, it's been the same thing. And I, you know, I'm not trying to say anything negative about Ben Simmons, the person, but like Ben Simmons, the basketball player, just proving once again, it's not working out. Um, they stopped trusting the process in Philly for a reason and stuck with Embiid and got rid of Ben. And here we are again in Brooklyn where Ben Simmons will play next. Who knows? Um, let's end. Let's end the news and notes on some good news. Patrick Beverly is not only moving back to Chicago, which me and Jake talked about last show. He's going back to where he grew up. He's in Chicago now. The Bulls have actually started winning some games. The the Chicago Bulls who looked abysmal before the trade deadline, and they're actually on a one game losing streak right now. But before that, they had won two straight, and you know, it's it's mostly in part to Patrick Beverly joining this group and kind of lighting a fire under their ass and giving them some legitimate energy and some actual point guard play. Um, what I mean, what what are your thoughts on Pat Bev being on the Bulls? I don't think you know this is a complete game changer for them. Let's like let's not get crazy here, Donnie. Right. They're still the 11th seed in the Eastern Conference, but what do you, what do you what do you like about this this Bulls move and them acquiring Patrick Beverly? I mean, you, you kind of touched on it. Pat Beverly not only is a true point guard, which they can start. He's not going to put up jaw-dropping numbers, but he is a true point guard. But Pat Bev's got that dog in him, Donnie. 
He's got that yeah. dog in him. Pat Bev, he's, he's not going to back down from any fight. He's a physical defender. He's going to get in your face. And I'll tell you what, Dunny, that's something that this Bulls team has lacked for about three years. What has the, been the big thing we've called the Bulls? Uh, everyone's called the Bulls the past couple of years. They're soft. They're a soft team. Yeah, the Bulls are mm -hmm. fun. Yeah, they can score it, but they're a soft team. They don't play defense. They're soft on the inside. They give up a lot of easy baskets. Pat Bev's not going to – he's not going to take that. And the one thing I will say with Pat Bev is not only is he, um, you know, one of those you know very physical, in-your-face, intense type of players, he's someone who loves his teammates. And now he's – like you said, he's back home in Chicago. I'm sure he's happy there. He loves it there. And he's going to want not only to play for these guys but have them play with him. And that – you're going to kind of see that with the Bulls. I know it's – been a super small sample size so far, but it's almost going to look like the Bulls are going to have a little more fun at the end of the year because yeah. they're going to have that alpha dog type in the locker room now. I don't think I, – I love DeMar DeRozan. I don't think he's an alpha. Zach Levine, he's not an alpha. Vucevic is the exact polar opposite of what an alpha <laughs> is. And then the other guys too, you know, maybe Pat Williams, but he doesn't he doesn't really ha like have the experience or he's not old yeah. enough or he hasn't really had that type of impact. Like Kobe White kind of was in college. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, Desumu, like he's great, but he's not really an alpha. Like they don't really have any of that personality. Right. And when – and all of your quote-unquote stars, right, Vucevic, Levine, DeRozan, and this is not just at the Bulls. This is throughout their entire careers. We're never really known as alphas. Now right. you get one in the locker room. I think it changes things up, and I think it's not only going to help the stars, but I think it's going to help the young players too. You talk about Kobe White and Ayo DeSumo, two guys we both like coming out of college, two guys that we have kind of seen flashes of, oh, they got potential, but they've kind of been inconsistent so far at the start of their careers. To have – a guard to kind of, you know, learn from now. Now White and Desumu both coming off the bench with Pat in the starting lineup. I think it's going to help them a little bit. And we'll see. I don't think the Bulls are going to do anything too special, but I think it was the perfect kind of, like, character or personality to bring into a team like this, a team that notoriously has been soft for the past couple of years. And a team that really never had, you know, who is the guy on this team? Who is the guy everyone looks to? It doesn't have to be the best player. You can make the argument Levine or DeRozan is the best player. I don't care which one you say is their top player. It kind of was DeRozan last year. It feels like Levine this year. But regardless, it was never like that guy's the leader of this team, right? Even right. As good as DeRozan was last year, no one was like he's the leader. So Pat Bev can kind of take on that almost captain role where he is the leader of the ship even though he may not be the most talented or best player, but just try to, you know, get them in the right direction. And it's a super small sample size, but like you said, they won a couple games since they got Pat Bev. He seems happy there. And maybe the team's going to play a little harder or just have a little more fun or want it more because you have that type of alpha now in your locker room. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's not crazy to think that they do, you know, make it in the play in here. And then we know how the playing style tournament yeah. is – is set up and you know it's kind of anything could happen especially with the teams that they'll probably be seeing like right now they have to pass the wizards which i think talent wise they're right there with the wizards and maybe have a, obviously have a little bit more playoff experience just up and down their roster i think raptors i think are a little better and have a yeah. little more experience but you never know i mean this toronto team has been a mess all season and then the hawks are even even with them getting a new head coach, like they they just still don't look good. They're they're zero one under Quinn Snyder already. 
Um, so we'll see, man. I mean, I think at most the Bulls kind of maybe realize that they flopped at the deadline, not doing anything. Nothing. And then this, yeah, <laughs> literally nothing. Bring in a guy like Patrick Beverly, you can at least, you know, maintain some focus from the fans by bringing in a guy like Patrick Beverly. It's interesting too, on the Pat Bev pod, he said that, you know, the, the dude he's been most excited to play alongside, it's been Alex Caruso, just cause how, yeah. how, you know, he just understands defense the same way as him. And it's, it's been a pleasure to play alongside him because like how down he is and just play defense and, you know, make the right switches and stuff like that. So and definitely. Need, right? Yeah. That they need, they need someone on the court to kind of direct their defense to get them in the right spots. Pat Bev's the guy for that. Yeah, no doubt. So we love it. We love it for Pat Bev. We maybe love it for the Bulls. We'll see. Um, so that was our super long-winded news and notes section. And now, big <laughs> yeah, big news week for sure. And honestly, we made the Kevin Durant news just another segment, but we'll we'll be getting to that in a minute right after we do the Victor Wembignana rankings because this is what everyone wants to see. This is what everyone wants to hear. If you're watching, we have it up right here on the screen. If you are listening, we have the Houston Rockets, the number one power-ranked team for the the Wembignana sweepstakes. I mean, 13 and 48. The team is a mess. Um and, you know, they're doing everything they can to get Wembenyana. Steve mentions it. They play in shootouts all the time, but they, they usually lose those shootouts. Mm-hmm. Um, the second team in the power rankings is the San Antonio Spurs. Pops master plan, question mark, 15 and 47. I mean, I've been talking about it for months now. I want it to be the San Antonio Spurs that land Wembenyana. I think that would be a thing to keep Popovich in and around the league for some time. And it would just be cool to see him revamp San Antonio and kind of have to do it on his own. I know I'm disrespecting Keldon Johnson. Some people will say by saying that, but at this point I don't care. And I think it's fair (laughs) to say that Um, Charlotte Hornets, the team we just talked about, like, look, we know LaMelo missing the season sucks. We just talked about it, but how great of an opportunity this would be if they just lose out from here and the ping pong balls go their way and the Charlotte Hornets are able to get Wembenyana to go alongside LaMelo ball. Um, That would be crazy. Oklahoma city thunder, a team that could also just continue to lose. And we mentioned, you know, a couple Wemby rankings ago that the thunder still have all of those draft picks. They kind of could do whatever they want come draft night. Um, and then the Orlando Magic, this is just kind of a best-case scenario, but they still are towards the bottom of the league and could potentially, you know, just start start the tanking here with the last 20 or so games to go. Um, honorable mentions, the Detroit Pistons, who are just pretty bad this year, and then the yeah, New Orleans Pelicans, which Jake brought up the good point about the Pelicans. It's actually because – this depends on how how bad the Lakers do moving forward because they have their right. first round pick. Yeah, I know that one's kind of more of an outside shot. We'll see how that one goes. Um, 
But, I mean, if we're looking at these teams here right now, Donnie, it's kind of crazy that the Rockets are 13 and 48 because we talk about the Rockets all the time. We talk about, oh, we like yep. the players on this team. We like them. Like, Sangoon's playing well this year. We like Jalen Green. You know, Jalen Green's been kind of inconsistent this year. Jabari started off really cold, and he's getting a little better, but still kind of inconsistent. They can't stay healthy. Porter Jr. and Jalen Green can't stay on the court. And the Rockets, like I said, they just don't play defense. They have some fun players. Kenyon Martin, fun player too. They just don't play defense. And maybe Wemby would help them there because he might be one of the best defenders in the NBA by the time he even gets here. The Spurs, like you said, Pop's master plan. Um, Spurs, they're, they're weird to me because – I feel like the Spurs are going to have the worst record in the NBA by the time this is all said and done. I feel like they have to just the, you look at the construction of their roster, but it feels like since the deadline, even though they're still losing games, they're playing a little more competitively, which is bizarre to me. <laughs> and then you have the Hornets, which I touched on where, um, you know, the Lamelo injury kind of, I guess, accelerated the tank for Wemby. But the team yeah. I'm looking at, Donnie, is honorable mention the Detroit Pistons. Because you look at mm. the Pistons, they have just so many guys, and I don't think they know what the hell to do with any of them. They got James Wiseman, and since they acquired James Wiseman, I think in the four games he's played for the Pistons, he's averaging 13 points and eight rebounds. Like, he's playing well. Marvin Bagley yeah. has been – inconsistent but he'll do a decent here and there then you got another big guy in isaiah stewart which is just kind of a rebounds machine for him and then jalen durant so you've got four big men already jalen durant's one of my favorite rookies by the way he dude, he's been beast. unbelievable unbelievable yeah. he might be one of the best like rebounders in the nba in a couple yep. of years I mean, this is a guy who could probably average 15 rebounds a game. So you got like four big men like that, but it doesn't really feel like it's fitting. Obviously, the Cade injury, he's out for the year. So you lose, you know, the guy you got first overall a year ago. And then Jaden Ivey, who's been playing pretty well this year, he's finally starting to get more of a role, more volume. Wemby almost seems like he'd kind of be a perfect fit there. Because if you yeah. can get Wemby, you have Cade, like we talked about. The Cade-Wemby pick and roll is a dream. That is a dream to watch there. I know Jake won't like that because they're in the Cavs division. But that is a dream to watch. Jaden Ivey would be a great you know, third piece in that quote-unquote big three. Bogdanovich is still a solid player, but he wouldn't have to be the go-to guy anymore. Obviously, you'd have Cade, Wemby, and Ivey kind of in the pecking order, I think, above him. I think it'd be a nice fit. And then you could kind of figure out what you're doing with these other big men. You can kind of work them around, um, probably get rid of a couple or just mix them around. But you've got a lot of high potential on the Pistons. And I think the Pistons are just going to keep losing because it just feels like this, you know, next three weeks for the Pistons is just going to be trial and error. Just keep figuring out which guys are going to deserve the minutes, which guys to move around. But if you're telling me, Dunny, that next year potentially – we could see an end game, an end game type lineup of Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Bogdanovich, Wemby, and Jalen Duran. Yeah, that's gross, man. That's not that bad. That's <laughs> yeah. not that bad. And that's a super, super young team, too. That's yeah. a super, super young team. That's not that bad. So I know they're honorable mention, but that I think right now would be one of my favorite landing spots for Wemby. I'd love him to go to the Rockets, but I don't know what I don't know if the Rockets know what they're doing. Like they can't no. get out of their own way because it feels like they have talented players and they just continue to get worse. 
And then, like I said, no disrespect to all the Kelvin Johnson stands out there. It'd be kind of Wemby and a bunch of other guys. Even though Malachi Branham, I got to give him credit too. Malachi Branham has been playing really well lately for the Spurs. But yep. the Pistons right now, even though they're honorable mention, I think they're going to keep losing games because I think right now the way their roster is constructed, it's just going to be a lot of moving parts, a lot of guys just see what you got. And Wemby in the Pistons next year, I think you could see almost a worst to jump into the playoff type scenario. We know Jake would hate that too because – Oh, he the, can't stand – that's why I'm saying it this yeah. week. That's why I'm saying yeah. it this week. That's why I'm giving all the flowers to the Pistons this week because I don't need Jake shaking his head and coming back and saying all this. So, Wemby yeah, to the Cat. Pistons, I'm getting it out this week, Duddy, because I think I would love – personally, as a basketball fan, I would love to see that. Yeah, Cavs fans around the world not would not be too happy <laughs> with, with Wemby going to Detroit. But I agree, man. I mean, even just – you know, the Celtics being in the Eastern Conference, that would be a little scary to see because every time the Pistons play the Seas with this young group that they have and they don't even have Cade this year, like, Jaden Ivey is scary enough, man. Like, he is a walking bucket. He can he yes. can score anytime he wants to. You mentioned how Durant's probably going to be one of the best rebounders in the league very shortly. He's mm-hmm. only, I think he's the youngest player in the NBA right now, and he yeah. looks like a, a man amongst boys when he's out there. And then you add a generational talent like Wemby. And you've got high potential off the bench too, right? Some of these guys, we talked about Wiseman. He's starting to play all right for his minutes. Bagley starting to play okay for the Pistons. These guys are still have that type of potential. And also real quick, Dunny, shout out Jake, who had to text us, goes, the Pistons don't know what they're doing either. They maybe not know what they're doing, but I'll tell you what, Jake, if that first pick falls into their lap, you know damn well who they're taking, Jake. They're not screwing that one up. Yep. Yeah, you tried to slip it by, Jake, but he's he's got eyes and ears on the pod when we when we went mentioned the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, he's it's like it just triggers in his brain. He's like, What? Someone say Pistons? In, yeah. a, in a positive way, what? <laughs> my my pick's probably still the Spurs or where I want to see Glambignana end up. At this point, like maybe the Rockets do screw it up that bad, but I think that my betting odds would go to the Rockets just because be. they have they're going to have the most ping pong balls when the when the year ends. And I mean, if they get the number one pick, they'd be foolish not to take them. So well, yeah. that's where my thinking's at. Um, so yeah, Spurs are who I want. Rockets are probably going to be what i think is going to happen um but yeah those are the one Binyana rankings do you, you think dunny do you think rockets will have the worst record when it's all said and done or you think the spurs will i mean it is crazy how they have the same amount of losses right now spurs one more win that's a good point i mean talent like if they were both to actually play to the best of their abilities i think the spurs would have the worst record right but it's i guess it just comes down to who's going to tank harder at this point we have a good old-fashioned tank-off to end the season. Yeah, we do. Love a, we love have, a good tank-off. We have a tank-off in Texas between, <laughs> yeah, between, between Houston and San Antonio. The TTT, the tank-off in Texas. Texas tank-off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, man. Honestly, I, I can't call it, dude. Like It, it could be either of these groups, man. It, which team wants to lose more? Um Pop did say to not bet on them at the beginning of the season. He so he's he's sticking to his word. He, he was right about that <laughs> yeah. too. 
He was absolutely right about it. At least, at <laughs> no least cryptic he is pop. Honest. He's saying it how it is. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Sith Lord pop, dude. I've I've called this from the fucking jump, bro. You he's know? he wants Wembenyana. He's he's uh being all mischievous in his in his lab. All right. Let's get to it. I just saw a clip of Kevin Durant jumping around back uh, you know, in the back of the arena for the Phoenix Suns, getting ready for his first game. Uh, he's starting alongside DeAndre Ayton at the power forward tonight. We get to see the big three of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. Where do we see the Suns with KD going forward? What? And oh, I guess you know we can't do initial thoughts because we already did it. You know, but it's it's here. He's about to play now. Yeah. I haven't seen Kevin Durant in nearly two months. What say you about Kevin Durant on the Suns? I mean. If we're gonna be honest, like it's it's Kevin Durant. When healthy, he's a top five basketball player in the world still. And mm-hmm. Kevin Durant on the Suns is going to be just torture for opposing defenses because Devin Booker, slowly but surely, Dunny is getting fully healthy. He's getting to get back to usual Devin Booker again. You've got Chris Paul, who's one of the best playmakers of our generation. It's just if Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. You can argue that this team around him, the Suns, is much better than the team he had around him in Brooklyn when they still had Kyrie. And if that's the case, we saw, Dunny, what Kevin Durant was doing with the Brooklyn Nets. He was carrying this team. He had them, I think, as the three seed in the East or whatnot before he got hurt. So now you put him on a much better team. I mean, I know the Suns have had their problems this year. I know they kind of disappointed a little bit. It's Kevin Durant. Like what? We, like at the end of the day, what are we doing here, right? Let's just – you're adding Kevin Durant to a team that's already made a couple, you know, deep playoff runs. Yes, they had a disappointing end to last year when they got upset by Luka, who just destroyed them. And then, obviously, they had the, the finals loss to Milwaukee. But it's Kevin Durant. Like – this yeah. is not just like, oh, yeah, you're getting a player back. No, you're getting your best player back. Yeah, Devin Booker's great. Yeah, Chris Paul's great. DeAndre Ayton's been all right. It's Kevin Durant. So you're, you're, you're adding a top five player in the NBA, at least top five, to the Phoenix Suns who have shown that they can make runs, have shown that they can win a lot of games. They had the most wins last year in the NBA. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've struggled a little bit this year. But it's like one of those, you know, the meme where you got you got the 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 uh, the tubes leaking all the water. You just put the the, the flex, the flex tape seal, the flex, yeah. flex seal right on it. Kevin yeah. Durant's like a hundred flex seals right there. He's yeah. closing up all these problems. So I I gotta say that the the Phoenix Suns have to be a top three team to come out of the West at worst with Kevin yeah. Durant. The only other teams I think right now I would put in with the Phoenix Suns is the Denver Nuggets and I'm going with the Los Angeles Clippers. Those are the only other two teams right now. I think I would put maybe in a seven game series, but I love the Kings this year, but Kevin Durant on the Suns, I think clears them Memphis Grizzlies. I know we didn't touch on them too much this year, but they've had enough problems of their own right now Mm -hmm. off the court, especially. Yeah. Kevin Durant to the Suns. I think they could, beat up Memphis pretty easily. I, I look at right now, Donnie, you have to think maybe not necessarily the favorites because the Nuggets have been unbelievable, but they're right up there with Kevin Durant. And I would not be shocked at all if they came out of the West. Yeah, and the craziest thing is that the, the Suns are 
are and were able to hold this four seed position yeah. through through the chaos of the West, right? Yes. Like they they traded all their depth. They knew they were still going to have to wait a few weeks for Kevin Durant even after the deadline when they acquired him, and they still kind of held that spot. They're three and a half games back from the three seed. Um, they're five games back from the two seed. Obviously, you know I don't think anyone's catching Denver at this point in the West, mm-hmm. but they're 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 a sizable margin out of number one. But I mean, th- there's no reason why they can't even get better than the four seed here. And like you said, yeah, I mean, other than the Denver Nuggets, there's not really too many teams that even if I think there's a few teams that could beat them in a series, it's not like, oh, my God, this team's toast right. if they play X team. Like, Agreed. Like you said, I mean, how many times do we have to say it? it's Kevin Durant, man? He he gives you a fighting chance. He has a he has a legit point guard. Chris Paul has probably the least pressure on him now since he's been a Phoenix Sun. Ever. And then we ever. get to see we get to see Devin Booker as a second fiddle. Like he is one of the most selfless superstars already. You know, I'm not. I think some people get it twisted with my takes on Devin Booker. Sometimes I do think Booker is slightly overrated, but I understand that he is one of the best scoring guards one of the best shooting guards in this league and he's already a selfless superstar now he gets to be the second fiddle and play off ball as much as he wants he doesn't have to be the the primary ball handler when chris paul is out of the game he can kind of just do his thing and you know if if kd for whatever reason is having an off night just being able to lean on devin booker is a crazy luxury for this group so it's for me it's going to come down to you know We've seen Chris Paul collapse so many times in the playoffs. What What's that going to look like? Right. And then just the drama that's been surrounding the Suns all year, you know, between DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. um, Coach Monty Williams, and then the, the lack of depth. But obviously Kevin Durant being there is going to make up for a, a lot of those things. But, yeah, man, I, I'm in agreement. I don't – outside of Denver, I don't think anyone is a easy matchup over the Suns at this yeah. point. And I'll say, too, with Durant not being there, obviously, for a few weeks after the deal, Torrey Craig and, and Josh Kogi played well without Durant. They yeah. played well, and that, that gives them confidence coming off the bench. I think the Suns have a little more depth that people really kind of realize, and I think we'll kind of see that now when they'll be at you know full strength, a full go. But, like, it's Kevin Durant, right? It, it, is, Kevin, it yeah. is Kevin Durant being added to a team that is already a very good team. So I don't think it's crazy if someone would say the Suns are going to win the West. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a wild take. Because if no. you give me a seven-game series against the Nuggets, as good as the Nuggets have been, Suns could absolutely hold their own. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement, man. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. You, I mean, it kind of sucks because, I mean, it's the Hornets tonight, so it's not like they're, they're going to be pressured and we really get a, a great understanding, but – I mean, expect KD to cook, man. This this is a dude who is an absolute hooper through and through, and he's been out for nearly two months. Um, it it know, might be a little tough. Do you know if it's a minutes restriction tonight for KD or no? Do you know if they I haven't anything seen about anything that? on it? Okay. I was just about to say. I mean, it might be a, a smart idea to smash Kevin Durant's points if you're a betting man tonight. But that also popped into my head. Like, are we going to see? some type of minutes restriction, or if it gets out of hand, 
quickly do they just, you know, kind of bring KD to the bench, which right. obviously are th- some things to think of that they're playing oh, the man. Charlotte Hornets. If it's um, a 15-point game in the second half against Charlotte, CKD played maybe two minutes in the second half. <laughs> which is um, smart, but yeah. uh, Suns, here, let's, let me just uh, do some bad. Oh, Suns Bulls Friday night, I mean, and then Suns Mav Sunday, which is uh, – a, a Sunday matinee game, Suns Mavs. That is going to be yeah, juicy. KD and Kyrie playing so so soon. That is, I'll tell you what, we could see multiple ejections in that game. The Suns already yeah. don't like the Mavs, and now you added the KD Kyrie. Oh, yeah. that would be that. That's a fun Sunday matinee right there. Yeah. So look forward to that, guys. Kevin Durant's back. All, all is right in the world again. And let's end here with a quick little Celtics-Cavs preview for tonight. The Celtics, number two in the Eastern Conference now, no longer have the best record in the league, 44-18, and 18, going up against the four-seed Cavs, 39-25. and 25. This game's in Boston. Um, if you're listening after Wednesday night, you, you know, we may look foolish depending on what we say from here on out, <laughs> but I, you know, it's probably no surprise. And this may have been the case anyway, regardless of what happened earlier in the year. But look, the Celtics lost two heartbreakers earlier this year, both in overtime mm-hmm. Cavs lead the season series two Oh, in Boston tonight. I just don't see and they just they're coming off an ugly loss to the Knicks where Jason Tatum got ejected and Jalen Brown didn't play. I cannot see the Celtics losing this game tonight, but please please step on my my biased behavior here and tell me why I might be wrong. I mean, I could I could I could have the Jake roll here and tell you why you could <laughs> be wrong. But I I'm kind of on uh your side here, Dunny, not necessarily because of the previous games against the Cavs. I don't really care about that. I think they just are going to play tight games anyways. It's what happened against the Knicks. In my opinion, I think that was one of the ugliest games for the Celtics all year, if not their ugliest Probably their worst. I think they got smoked by Oklahoma City by like 30 at some point earlier this year. I think that Mm might have been the worst one for the Celtics. But that was just ugly. And you look at that, the Knicks have been playing really well. They've been really good basketball lately. Their defense has been great. You talk about defense. The Cavs have the best defense in the NBA. There's no questions about that. The Cavs' defense has been sensational. So I guess you can make the argument there. But you talked about it. It's in Boston. It's in the Garden. They're coming off what I think is one of their ugliest losses all year long. You got to expect a little bit of a bounce back. You really do. You have to expect a little bit of a bounce back. And I think they're going to be at full strength. The Celtics are tonight. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they're going to be at full strength, which is really going to help trying to limit Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland a little bit. Having, having all their guards, having, being able to mix them all in, I think is really good guards. I mean, they're just ridiculous in terms of guarding. Like, Guys like Mitchell and, uh, you know, Darius Garland, when you got like Derek White, when you got Marcus Smart, when you have Jalen Brown. So we'll see. Yeah. 
I'll give Jake a little shout out here where he's going to be like, oh, the Celtics, you know, they've been getting scored on down low, like pass play. No one's going to stop Mobley. He's been playing great this year. Donovan Mitchell's about to drop 50 at the Garden. But <laughs> in uh, in reality, I do think it's going to be kind of a little bit of a bounce back spot for the Celtics, just mainly because of how bad they looked against the Knicks. And I just – I, we know the Celtics too long. We know Boston teams for way too long. Dunny, you know them as good as anyone. This is not a Boston thing. They don't they do not do this back-to-back nights. This usually doesn't happen. They'll figure it out. They'll, uh, yeah. they'll fix the problem. So I expect the Celtics to kind of come out firing in this one and uh, get their first win in the season series, which is crazy. that Because uh, yeah. as good as the games have been, it's like, yeah, the Celtics haven't beat the Cavs. And – I said at the beginning, a potential Eastern Conference Finals or even just somewhere in the Eastern Conference, you know, playoff matchup. That's good. That would be that would be ideal for me because I just get to sit in the middle. Between yeah, the you'd be the mediator series. for a week yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. Um, no, it's great, too, because just matching the season series and I'm kind of with you. I don't know how much the previous two games mean going into tonight? Probably not much because my point I was actually going to bring up is the two games that Cleveland beat us in, they didn't have Darius Garland and we didn't mm-hmm. have Robert Williams. So now, you know, kind of back to an, it was even playing floor then. It's e- even more even now. Both teams at full strength. I think the only guys on the injury report for the Celtics were Mike Muscala, who probably wasn't going to see minutes tonight anyway. And then, as we know, Gallinari is out for the season. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm actually looking at the Celtics and Cavs starters right here. We got the Rob Williams, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart against Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, Donovan Mitchell, and Darius Garland. Like, and that's what should... you'd see if it was a playoff game. Yeah. Fantastic one-on-one matchups up and down those, those starting fives. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have the, the, the Celts slightly tonight. Everything you mentioned, like this this type of team, you know, how good they've been all year. They tend not to have two. Even if they do lose, it'll probably be similar to the first two losses where they went to overtime and it was yeah. a barn burner both games. Um, as long as Karis LeVert doesn't light us up for 40 tonight, I, I, yeah, I can't right. be mad at the results either way. Um, yeah, Jake, when uh, he goes first to 100 wins and tonight will be a five-point game no matter what. So it sounds like... A little bias of Jake's taking Cavs plus five yeah. here. Sounds like, but I mean, I don't. I was gonna it. say, uh, Jake's is Jake <laughs> working for Vegas, dude. I know what the line is. <laughs> but um, also one one last one last little uh, anecdote for me. For, first Jalen Brown game in the mask in the TD Garden. So maybe and Jalen missed last game due to personal reasons. So a little extra rest for JB. All I'm saying, maybe we might see some Jalen Brown fireworks tonight. Donnie's telling me to put a couple bucks on Jalen Brown's points tonight. That's what Donnie's saying right now. The previous two games, he's averaged 31 points against the Cavs. His line tonight is 25. Should I do a live on the pod? Should I put it in live on the pod for yeah. you, Donnie? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably at what, 25 and a half? It's always right around I think 25. it's 24 and a half. Even better. Sign me up. Sign me up, Donnie. This is um I'll commentate through the through Steve placing his bet because twenty four and a half. There we go. She's in, Donnie. She's in right Love there. Love it. She's in right there. That might be Jaylen the first 
live bet posted on the podcast doing a live podcast steve is placing a live well i guess not a live bet but placing a bet live and he's rolling with jb J. I know jake is just seething at home watching this absolutely right now. no celtics bias <laughs> went into that <laughs> Yeah, Jake, this is a terrible, terrible week for Jake to be out. We got pissed. We're hyping up the Pistons, and then we just got out the cell. <laughs> and, and just hijacked the Celtics Cavs preview. <laughs> just took the wheel and brought it my own way. We went off-road into that Cavs-Celtics preview, but should be a great game. Like I said, if you're listening to this after Wednesday night, just don't listen to anything we said if we are completely wrong. Um, but yeah, I think that'll do it until next, next week. We'll have a lot more college hoops to talk about. Um, yeah. a lot of the conference tournaments, um, will be through with, and we'll, you know, we'll have a little bit better understanding what the brackets are going to look like. Um, and we'll, we'll dive head first into some college basketball next week, obviously still some more NBA, but um march madness all through march madness we'll be doing some shows probably some additional shows um throughout the weeks and yeah you got anything else steve it's it's march it's the best month of the year weather's mm-hmm. getting a little warmer it's true basketball season let's just enjoy some games Donnie, because we got about a hundred of them to watch over the next couple weeks yep let's do it folks you heard it here for steve for myself, for Jake at home. He'll be back next week as well. Follow Train Rec Sports on all socials. Follow at Happy Hour Hoops One. Follow the both of us and Jake. That's it for Happy Hour Hoops. We will see you guys next week. Later, guys. <laughs>